So let's say that you owed 5000 in taxes, but throughout the year, you paid 8000 The government is holding on to 3000 of your dollars, and they're not paying you anything back for it. They're just refunding at the end of the year. So no, no interest gain, no benefit gain. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about taxes. We're in that season, David. We're in tax season and yes. specifically about filing. Should you file on your own? Should you file with a professional? We're going to get into some of the deep things about taxes, which can be kind of a boring subject, but hopefully we'll make it a little bit more fun for no, our No, it's going to be fun today. It's going to be fun today. Yeah, I mean, this is really interesting. We, as Americans, mm -hmm. we get to have the privilege of living in a country where we experience just unparalleled freedoms, yes. uh, incredible opportunities, but this doesn't come without a cost. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to talk about why taxes are important, and we're going to help prepare you to make some important decisions as you prepare to file your taxes for last year and plan for next year. So one of the best things you can do is start planning now for next year's taxes. Now, as I was doing some research and studying taxes, you know, I think it's interesting that there are a ton of taxes, Leo, that we don't even realize that we pay. So we're at the place this year, where this season of the year, where we're getting ready to pay our federal and state income taxes yeah. and deal with the filings and the returns. But there is more than federal and state income taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually pulled up and found a great blog on it, and they listed 99 <laughs> different unique taxes that we pay. That's depressing. Oh, it is so sad. There's so much. So let me just share a few of these that I found interesting. Uh, one is a sales tax. Yeah. The sales tax affects everybody. Yep. Every time you buy something, you're paying tax. Uh, here in Texas, we do an 8.25% on every purchase. Mm -hmm. So almost 10% of every purchase, yep. we're paying a sales tax. Uh, there's airline transportation. You wonder why airlines are so expensive? A huge part is the tax. Yeah. Did you ever, when you buy a airline ticket? I've never looked at it. If you look at it, I always buy from American because we're in Dallas and they pretty much own the market here. But when you buy it and you look at your breakdown, like if you buy an international ticket that's going to cost you, let's say, twelve to $1,300. Right, right. About five $600 of that is taxes. Because they break it down. Yeah. Right? They separate yeah, they say, taxes from right. the actual cost of the actual uh, ticket of ticket. flight. So it's crazy to me how expensive the taxes are on transportation. And it's something that we don't even realize we're paying yeah. most of the time. Because yeah. I've done that. I've seen the $1,200 uh Sticker price, mm -hmm. paid it, and just kept moving. Yeah. And I didn't even think, wow, half of that went to the government in some form or fashion. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. So hotel taxes, again, a huge portion of what you pay at your hotel is part of the tax. Library taxes, building permits. You want to build on your own home? This, yeah. this kills me. It's my house. <laughs> it's my property. Yeah. I paid for this. And yet if I want to build on it or if I want to renovate or extend something or upgrade. Sometimes it's, hmm. it's, it's even replacing a fence that's already there. Oh, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make that any just, sense to me. Why, why are you taking a fee for me replacing a fence that's old and yeah. falling over? Yeah. 
anyway. The only reason I could feel better about that is because I would be taking my anger out on the old fence. I'm just <laughs> beating it with a hammer or something. Yeah. So if you go fishing or hunting, now this is actually interesting. Uh, the money and taxes that is earned by the, I say earned, that is taken by the government. <laughs> not earned. Not earned. <laughs> taken. Yes, taken by fishing and hunting licenses. They actually use that to pay for the natural preserves of land. Mm. And states this past year have actually struggled to preserve wildlife and trees and natural parks because there haven't been enough hunters. Mm. This is so interesting. So, so yeah. people like that that are you know huge PETA fans yeah, or yeah. really hate hunters and like oh it's such it's it's inhumane. The only way the government can even afford to maintain the preserves is by the taxes they get from hunting and fishing. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> your driver's license, your vehicle registration, your vehicle sales tax, um, sin taxes, sugar, yeah. cigarettes, alcohol are loaded with taxes, uh, estate taxes. Let's yeah. say that gift you... Taxes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, gift taxes. Think about this. You live your whole life paying taxes. And then at the end of your life, let's say you have a big pool of money. The government which says... Which you've worked for. Which you've worked very for. hard to amass. And you've already paid taxes on all of <laughs> on it. On all of it, yes. Now you die and the government wants some of that money. Yeah. It, to me, it's crazy. To me, it's it like triple taxation at that point. There's a way to get out of that, which we have talked about. Yes, we have. planning. Yes. Look into that so, if you haven't yet. That's right. So toll roads. And then, of course, what we're dealing with today is state income and federal income taxes. But I just I think it's important that you realize as a listener, mm. you are actually paying a lot of taxes that you yes. don't even realize. So I, I've looked at my tax bill and said, hey, this, you know, this effective tax rate, what I'm actually paying in taxes for federal income taxes is not so bad. Right. Like, hey, this is not too bad. Yeah. But when you factor in all right, the hidden else. taxes, yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They say usually about 50 cents of every dollar, it goes to taxes in one form or fashion. And right. I, I would agree with that. I yeah, think your if you really taxes, sit down yep. and figure out where you're spending your money, how much of that is going to tax, you realize that you really are spending about 50 cents of every dollar uh, given into the government. However, yeah. the positive side of that is what you said earlier, which is that we do have the opportunity Yes. To pay taxes. Yes. There are countries where it's not an opportunity. It's a, <laughs> I mean, you don't even have the resources to right. live on, which right. I have a little bit of experience with that. And so I will take this over that yeah. any day. Over communism where uh, the government owns I, everything. I, I, I'm not I'm not for big government. I think our yeah. government can be much more leaner and more yeah. efficient. Well, and the inefficiency is a huge deal because I, I read on a report once that if you give a dollar to charity... Uh, somewhere between 90 to 100% of that dollar goes to helping somebody. Yeah, at least 70%. Okay. In a good organization, yeah. so yeah, at least a good 70 organization, right. But if you pay a dollar in taxes, less than 50% of that gets to the intended recipient or target because of all of the inefficiencies, the paperwork in between, the people that are being paid in between as a middleman. Right. Right. It's just very typically poorly run because there's no competition in that marketplace. Right. You only got one government. Right. right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. Yeah. And we experience that every time we go to the DMV or the US, oh. to the post office. Yes. So, yeah. So I think this is kind of sad and kind of interesting uh, when it comes to federal income taxes. Over 50%, just about 50% of people in America pay no federal income taxes. Mm. So that means that about 50% of Americans, and, and this is this is, this is is a real number, 50%. Like, look around your business, and I guess at work, probably almost everybody's is paying taxes, but around the country, yeah. only half of the country is paying for the whole country's government. Right. That's interesting to me. Yeah, when you consider that more and more baby boomers are retiring every day, that number is growing. Yep. And that's part of the reason Social Security is in trouble is because less and less people are putting into it and more people are taking out of it. So it's true, 50% don't pay any taxes because some of these are retired folks yep. and others are not working, they're stay-at-home moms, whatever. So 
it's a huge burden. Mm-hmm. And again, the answer is not to increase the government, it's to decrease the government so that the function of the government can be done with less people more efficiently. But anyway, this is an interesting fact. 75% of American filers in 2017 received a tax refund, mm. which you and I have talked about extensively in the past, which is why would anyone give the government an interest-free loan? That's what it is. Like nobody gives me an interest-free loan. They they expect something in return for borrowing money. Yeah. Uh, look at your mortgage. Look at your car payment. Uh, that That's costing you something. Right. And people over and over again, they continue to get a tax refund. Not credits here, not tax credit, no. but a tax refund yeah. because they're paying too much taxes. Yeah, that means you overpaid all year long, yep. and then the government had to refund you because you overpaid. Because you overpaid. So let's say that you owed 5000 in taxes, but throughout the year, you paid 8000 mm-hmm. The government is holding on to 3000 of your dollars, and they're not paying you anything back for it. They're just refunding at the end of the year. So right. no, no interest gain, no benefit gained. And here's the really sad part. The thing that breaks my heart personally (laughs) is that somewhere around 70% of people have already spent their tax refund Mm. before it hits their bank account. Yeah. Meaning that they charged a credit card knowing that they're going to get a refund of $3,000 and they went out and purchased things to the tune of 3,000 before they've even gotten the money. So that's how, that's how bad we are. (laughs) I I can, I can top that. Not that I'm trying to, but what really breaks my heart is when I know, and I've counseled many people that are, using credit cards to get by for 12 months right? while they're paying more taxes than they need to be. And then at the end of the tax, tax year, so we're talking about March timeframe, January, right. February, right. when they file their taxes, they get that money back. And what do they do? They pay the credit card. the credit cards. Most of the time they can't pay completely off, but nope. they pay some of it. So here's what that means. For 12 months, they're paying interest on that card because they're, they can only pay the minimum payments, right? Yep. And then after they paid 18 to 20%, because they gave the government an interest-free loan, they get that money back so they can pay off their debt. Yes. It's such an inefficient waste. Yeah. And, and it breaks my heart because I, I tell people it's a matter of just managing your own money, something yeah. you and I talk about. If you're budgeting, this will begin to make so much sense to you. Yes. And you'll be outraged that this is happening right, to you, right. and you will not let it happen to you anymore. Yep. But more importantly is you'll be able to manage your own finances in such a way that the credit card issue won't even be an issue. So now your tax return, which means that you'll just tell the government, no, you're not getting as much as as I gave you in the past. I'll give you only what I owe, only what I'm supposed to pay. And the remainder you put into an investment, you pay off something uh, that you owe right now. Right. And you just get on a better solid uh, foundation. So I have one example, Leo, that lays out exactly what you're talking about. I was counseling a single mom and uh, this is an incredible lady. She was really just barely scraping by. She was going to school and working full time. She had two kids in essentially a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. So the kids and her are piled up in one room. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I began to look at her budget and see that she was behind about $150 every month. Mm-hmm. Every month. And when I looked at it, I mean, the groceries were very appropriate. The rent was very low. I mean, yeah, she it was, wasn't living she high was on life. She not was living, barely getting right. by. And, and so I began to look at it and she's just like looking at her number saying, this is impossible mm-hmm. and really starting to break down and cry. And I said, well, what do you get back at the end of the year in your tax refund? She said, well, I usually get $3,000 every year in April when I get my tax refund. Well, $3,000 is $250 a month. month, Yes. So when we went back and we changed her W-4 form with Mm -hmm. her employer, then what happened is she ended up getting $250 more into her paycheck. That's money that wasn't going to the government. So now even though she was upside down $150, 
Mm-hmm. Now she's up by a hundred dollars <laughs> a month. So now she's That's able great. to pay everything every month and have a hundred dollars left over to save and begin her emergency fund and begin saving. Yep. Yep. And but it was it was exactly what we're talking about where she was going into debt every month and then hoping to pay it off at the end of the year, but that she couldn't because the debt percent was very high and she was getting no interest from the government. So this is real stuff. This is why it's important that you look at these numbers. Absolutely. And I, and I do believe that it's simple enough for anybody to do. And if you don't know how to do it, you can talk to your HR person, your payroll person, or you can talk to your CPA, accountant, somebody who's doing your taxes. Uh, it's not that difficult. And honestly, if you just want to know how much tax you should pay, there's even tax calculators yeah. that you can find. Plug in your income, plug it, plug in your deductions. And because of the tax changes, a lot of us, in fact, I, I heard the statistics just recently that in the previous years, about 25% of filers would itemize their taxes, right? They would itemize their, their, their deductions. And now, because of the tax change and because of the increase in the standard deduction, that's going to be down to 5%. Yeah, this is a huge, it's this a huge, year huge is difference. a huge change. Yes, yeah, huge change. And that's some of the things that we want to talk about is because this is going to affect not only how much tax you, you paid last year and what, whether you get a refund or you'll have to pay this year, but more importantly, what are you doing this year that's going to set you up better and prepare you so that you're not overpaying or underpaying yeah. for 2019. Yeah. So so should you file your own return or should you hire a tax pro? And this is a dilemma that a lot of people face. Uh, yeah. They don't feel confident doing the tax software on their own or going online, uh, but they also aren't really confident in paying the amount they need to pay for a professional. And so there's this kind of back and forth. Can I yeah. make it? And so here's the point. You want to get the most deductions and tax credits that you can right. to get the biggest refund. Sure. At the end of the day, you want the biggest refund and really to pay the minimal amount of taxes legally, right? right. Whatever the legal that's, minimum that's is. That's the bottom line, yes. Right? And so if you can do that by filing on your own or with a professional, that's the kind of numbers you want to walk through. So tax filing software, which is literally something you can buy and put on your computer, or you can even download off the internet now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is less expensive, way less expensive than hiring a professional. You know, it can be $50 to $100 versus $500 for a professional, depending on what your situation is. And nowadays, I mean, the top three, uh, H&R Block, TaxCut, and there's one other, it escapes my mind at the moment, but yeah. those three are actually offering for many of the filers that if you just have a basic return, mm-hmm. uh, it's free. And mm-hmm. it's not only free to... Uh, if you do it online, I mean, if you do it online, it's free and it's free to file. So it's yeah. totally free. Yeah. Now, if you go to the premium package or whatever, you'll pay more. If you have a business, you pay more because you need that more sophisticated software right. to interview you through that process so that you don't forget anything or or don't file your taxes the right way. Yeah. So there is a cost for that. But for many people, they can do it online. They can do it for free. Right. So right. that's another reason why people it's say, huge you know, incentive. I'm not going to hire anybody. I can do it for free. The downside, though, is will you do it right? And will you... Take advantage of every single deduction that you have available to you. Right. Because if you don't, you you might save two hundred dollars by not hiring a CPA, but you might lose eight hundred dollars by not hiring a CPA. Right. Because right. you missed something that you didn't know was part of the tax code and your ability to include in your tax return. Yeah. And if you do it on your own, you know what happens if you make a mistake mm-hmm. and then you get audited by the IRS. You're on your own. You're on your own. So now you got to figure out that auditing process, which is uncomfortable, and you're gonna have to oh, go yeah. back and dig through all your files. And you might not feel equipped for that. So you have to be aware. There are trade-offs in this process. And some people are, um, hey, I can handle this. I can learn it. I can do it. It's not a problem. So really what we're saying is if you have a basic understanding about tax returns or, or willing to learn, 
so you can feel confident you're doing it right, then you should follow your own taxes. You have the time and the patience to do it yourself. You should follow your own taxes. Also, if you have a similar tax situation like you did last year, same income, no dependent change, then there's a good chance that you can do your own taxes. And even with the changes, you'll be okay. Yeah. So this is really good. You know, 55% of people did, that filed returns did so without the help of a tax preparer last yeah, year. That's, that's 55%, majority. right? Yeah. So just, just in case you're wondering, it can be done on sure, your own. Sure. I remember, and I was very frustrated at the time, but I remember being, I think, 16 or 17, and I had worked at a movie theater for $5.25 an hour <laughs> for many hours over the summer. And uh, my parents made me do my own tax form. And mm. I had to do it on paper. Yeah. This is many years ago. And so it was on paper and I'm filling it out by hand. And I kept asking them for help. And they kept saying, well, we're busy, so figure it out. Yeah. And they forced me to figure out how to use it. was the easy 1040, very yeah. simple sample form. But, um, but they forced me to learn how to do it on my own at 16. And so it is possible. Sure. Now, at a 16-year-old, going to fully understand what they're doing and make sure they capture all the deductions and credits? Maybe not. No. And so, <laughs> so this is why, you know, I think it's really important that every person at least try and begin to learn a little bit of this on their own. But there are definitely going to be situations where you don't want to go alone. And so on multiple different years, I have done all my taxes on my own. But then as a new change would happen, uh, we bought a house. I got into a new career where I was uh, a pastor and that came with some unique, uh, interesting tax opportunities. Right. Well, now I'm thinking these are things I don't fully understand. Right. And so I went and hired a does. professional, sure, right? Sure. And so then I watched the professional and I began to feel more comfortable with what they were doing. And then I felt like I could go back and do it on my own. And so these are the things that you've got to go back and forth with. Leo and I are always going to encourage you to at least have an understanding of what's happening, to try to understand what you're doing, but we're also going to point you towards the thing that will save you the most money over time. Exactly. And the bottom line for us is we want to make sure that you're equipped to not only, if you choose to do it on your own, to be able to do it on your own, but if you, even if you choose a professional that you know if they're doing it right. Right. If you go in there and you have no idea what this is all about, you don't know if they're making a mistake. And by the way, you're signing the return. Right, yeah, this is you not gotta be their careful name, not, not all tax preparers will actually go to bat for you if you do end up getting audited, even if they file the tax return for you. Most of them will actually have you sign a waiver that says, I understand, I'm signing the bottom line, this is all accurate. Because they're just taking numbers you've given them and plugging them in. Right. And I thought right? that's they're not doing your books for you, right? Unless right. they're doing your books, their book, right. your then you're books paying for extra you. to do the books, exactly. Right. Then it's a totally different thing, a totally different relationship, right? And, and the tax prepare preparation is just part of that relationship. However, that's something to understand. Just because you go to a tax professional doesn't mean they will take care of you if you get audited. That right. they'll actually go and fill out everything for you. They might give you some advice, but you'll have to do it. Right. You'll have to do the paperwork. You'll have to do the running around. You'll have to do all of it. So let's talk about one more thing before we go to a situation where you should hire a tax professional. Mm -hmm. And that's that if you earn under $66,000 a year as a household, right. you can go to the irs.com website. So it's irs.gov. And just you can even Google IRS free file. We'll have a link in our show notes. We'll have a well. link in the show notes. <laughs> and for if you earn less than $66,000, you can actually file your return electronically at no cost to you. Mm -hmm. 
And there will be several different options of tax preparing firms that you can use. And I think that's also really beneficial yeah, because great. when I first started working uh, at my first job, I was not earning $66,000 a year. And so I immediately went yeah. pulled this for several years from the irs.gov website and was able to fill out my tax return for free, which was a huge benefit. Yeah, our daughters did this for several years uh, up until they got married. And once once that income goes above, and I think they're there right now. Yeah where they're not able to file that way. But again, there are other free options out there, as I mentioned yes. earlier. So, Well, one I'll just shout out is creditkarma.com mm-hmm. has become a player in this industry. Oh, that's true. And that's actually who I have used to file my taxes the last two years. Oh, that's awesome. And they just came out with new software, and it was completely free. I'm sure what they're doing is selling my information to other people, <laughs> and so I'm paying for it somewhere else and not realizing it. <laughs> But uh, it's been really neat. You know, there are ways to get this done very cost effectively. Yeah. However, let's talk about some of the things that should cause you to hire a professional. And that's if you don't have a basic understanding of taxes and you don't want to learn it. Yeah. You're overwhelmed by yeah, it. You're like, you know, this stuff is like completely Greek to me. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it then definitely hire a professional to do the taxes for you. If you don't have the time or patience to do it, uh, you know, the average time to file a tax return for those who itemize is 16 hours. That's two full days of work. Yeah. So unless you want to sit in front of a computer and have receipts all over your room or your office or your bedroom, trying to go through everything, make sure you don't forget anything, uh, hire a professional. Yeah. Give them the box of <laughs> of uh, receipts and let them figure it out. Yeah. You'll pay for it, but at least it'll be done right. Yeah. And I can attest to this. I mean, when I sit down and do this on my own, uh, it, it takes, takes time. time. Yes, it does. And every time I do it, even though I do it once a year, I have to relearn things that yeah. I thought I knew. And I'm like, what does that word mean? Like, yeah. why would they ever use that word? <laughs> that is the most ambiguous, confusing word. Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. Like, and, and, but I've got to base my whole tax return off of this one word. Like, oh, and I don't, I can't give you an example, but I just, I remember staring at my computer being so frustrated. So that's a real thing. Exactly. And that's the thing that I think makes it somewhat uh, scary for some folks is because you don't understand. And, and unless you can ask someone who, is in on this and understands it, you're kind of taking a chance that I hope is okay. Right. You're hoping, I, I hope I did this right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the feeling that I'm talking about is if you're not sure, it's better to be sure. Uh, now, some of the tax software that we, we've we mentioned, like H&R Block or Tax Cut, they do have uh, the option to connect with the tax professional. So which is you, pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, if you have that one question, you're like, everything's fine, but I'm not sure about this one thing. Well, you can always reach out and ask. And yes, usually there's a small fee for that, but it's better to be sure than to have to deal with an audit or, or a tax version that just wasn't filed right. 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 The other reasons to hire a professional would be is if you have a more complex financial situation. Maybe you have real estate property investment income, uh, you've made charitable contribution, you own a business. You own several businesses. When, right. when that happens, that you know, we're confusing. talking about several forms that you need to fill out. And these are not your typical 1040. These are a lot more complex. And so for that reason, you probably want to have a, a professional look at those and file those for you. And the last thing, if you're not able or willing to represent yourself in case of errors, uh, it can be scary to be facing the IRS. Not everybody wants to do that. So if you don't want anything to do with that, hire a professional, but make sure that they will represent you. Make sure they're not just doing your taxes, but they're doing your taxes. And if anything comes up, they're going to be the ones that are actually going to go to the IRS, file the paperwork for you and do everything. Yeah. I I love that guarantee. And I would absolutely look for that on anybody that would hire professionally. Sure. Sure. If you're going to pay the money, you might as well make sure you're getting what you're paying for. So I remember the first year I hired a 
tax professional. And I did my taxes for many, many years by myself. But the first year I did it, he saved me $800. That's so cool. Because here's the thing. I did the taxes on my own. Then I brought them over because I right. wanted to see, well, okay, let me see what I don't know. Yeah. And he did it. And the, the numbers were different. I ended up getting an eight, extra $800 return. That's incredible. And when I looked at it, it was a specific thing that was only good for two years. Oh. It was something like make make work pay or something like that. It was something yeah. the government put in for two years. And it was an extra $800 credit. Yeah. Not even a tax wow, savings. Wow, a credit, a credit. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And, and so I made it, you know, so I paid him 250 but I got an extra $800 out of it. And the reason I think that's important is because I said earlier that it's good for you to have a basic understanding of it, but hiring a professional just gives you that extra confidence to know that, okay, this person is helping me to, to not only save uh, on taxes, not pay more than I need to be, but really what you want is for that person to help you beyond that with tax planning, right? With maximizing right. your financial situation right. in such a way that you're paying less taxes legally. Right. And you're re-diverting that money from paying taxes to increasing your net worth. Yeah. That's yeah. ideal. Right? Well, and I can tell you, Leo, every time I do my own taxes, right before I submit, I have this moment <laughs> of just Been like, there. what do I not know? Like, what are the things that I just personally don't know? And what if there was some thousand dollar tax credit right. that that alone could literally pay for more than hiring a professional? And then I'd have it certified and guaranteed that if there's ever an sure, issue, sure. right, their name would be on it too. And so, yeah. so I, I just want to tell the listener, you know, I have been doing my own taxes for quite some time, but I have that moment. Yeah. Every single time before I hit submit and I have Ashley look over it and it all makes sense to her and I walk her through every detail because I want to make sure she's comfortable because this is our tax return that we are filing, yes, right. even That's if right. I spent a little bit more hours on the back end. Yeah, you're, you're both liable for whatever, yes. whatever is going in that paperwork. And and so, you know, I'll have her look at it so it all makes sense to her. And, and so, you know, we're in agreement. But what about those unknowns? Yeah. And that's always that's always a little pinch to me. And let me just plug in just a, a little bit of a credit for our professional tax professionals. They take the time to read through the tax code as it's changing. We don't. I mean, I don't make it a point that when the tax changes, I just start reading the whole thing. Because it, it's thousands and thousands oh, of copies of horrible. paperwork. And yes, they, they kind of boil it down. And you can go get that information. It's available to us. But most of it is so hard to understand or just impossible to understand. So I, I personally, again, I can do my own taxes, but I like the security of knowing that I have a gentleman that does my taxes who that's what he does. Yeah. And he's going to tax and, seminars yeah, every year to When I'm updates. meeting with him, he's yep. telling me what the changes are, how it's going to affect me. Uh, I started a new business this year. And when I told him about it, it's like, oh, we're going to have to talk about how that's going to change everything. So I want that extra level of of protection and really just advice. Right. You know, because it's right. not my world. And I think it's worth paying two, three, four hundred dollars a year oh, absolutely. to make sure that I am depending on somebody who it is their world. It yeah. is their thing. Yeah. Well, you know, the tax code is over four million words. Mm. So I don't want to read all four million <laughs> no, of those no, words no, no. personally. I got better things to do. <laughs> and, and you know, just looking at blogs isn't always enough for a full understanding. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So let's look at. We talked about tax changes. Let's look at the four biggest tax changes from last year to this year. Okay. And these are huge. Uh, the government just put out a whole brand new set of tax law, mm -hmm. and it's important. So let's just let's breeze over these. We're not going to yep. spend a ton of time. But the first is lower marginal tax rates. Mm lower marginal tax rates. So as your income rises, 
you pay higher and higher marginal tax rates. What do I mean by that? Uh, well, in 2017, well, let's just go with the 2018 numbers for last year. If you earned $9,525, so around nine grand, you'd pay 10% taxes. Right. Now, when you go from 9,500 up to 38,000, anywhere in there, you pay 12% mm -hmm. on that money. And then anywhere from 38,000 to 82,000, you pay 22% on that chunk of money. Yeah, this is important because I yeah. think most people don't realize it. They, they, they say, well, we're in this tax bracket. Really, everybody pays a different tax depending on how much money they make because yeah. that first 9,525, is it takes 10% off right. of that. It's always going to be at 10% for that first 9,000. Right. right. But then from 9,000 to 38,000, it goes up. Yep. It's 12% of that number. Yes. And then it goes up from that to 22 and then up and up. So right. it's it's not a straight, I mean, everybody's been wanting just a flat rate. Right. But this is the easiest. Actually, I think it would be, but it's important to understand that it's not a flat rate, that it is based on how much money you make. So the more you make, right. it's not that you pay 28% on all of your money. Right. You only pay 28%, let's say, on the last maybe 15,000 or so, or 20,000 right. or 30,000, depending on what the numbers are. So you have an incentive to keep working. So one of the reasons they do it this way is so that, you know, the first 10,000 that you earned is still only taxable at 10%. Mm -hmm. And so you have an incentive to earn that 10,000 and the next 20 grand, you know, is only taxed at 12%. So you, every bit that you earn more, you're going to pay a little bit more taxes on those yep. final dollars, yep. but you're not paying more on the initial dollars. And so that encourages people to keep working and earning more. If there was a place where you went from paying 25% taxes to then going over a certain income, you paid 50% and you paid 50% on all of it. Mm. What that would effectively do is charge you more in taxes. So you would never allow yourself to go over that income range. You would mm. force yourself to stop working. Like you would call in sick for the last five <laughs> weeks of the year. Cause you're like, well, I don't want to earn more than a hundred thousand yeah. dollars because yeah. I'll pay more taxes. So, so we're talking about the marginal this year, they lowered the marginal tax rates. And so at 2017, it was 10 and then 15 and then 25% and then 28%. In 2018, last year's taxes, it's 10, 12, 22 and 24. And then it goes on from there. But this is this is interesting. I mean, if you used to be in a 15% tax bracket, you might be in a 12% now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. That's a yeah. nice benefit. Yeah. If you used to be, if you go all the way up to the top, you could be at 39.6. Well, the top now is only 37%. And so, two and two and a half percent when you're making half a million dollars or more, yeah. it's considerable. Yeah, that's right. a big deal. Yeah. So, so that's just one of the big changes that you want to be aware of. The second is that they increased the standard deduction. This is a big one. This is a big one. And this is really important if you're single, head of household, or married filing jointly. So I'm going to give you just a basic example. Married filing jointly was 12700 mm -hmm. in 2017. Mm -hmm. In 2018, it's 24000 right. That is the standard deduction. That means that if you earn $50,000 a year as a household, you immediately get to deduct 24,000 off of your earned income. Mm -hmm. So you go from 50,000 down to 26,000. Right. And that's called your adjusted gross income. And that's what you pay taxes on. And that's on. what you pay taxes on. Yeah. So then we go back to those other brackets. The first 9,000 is at 10%. You know, the next 10,000 or 16,000 in this case uh, is at 12%. So mm -hmm. you're paying effectively somewhere around 11% right. in taxes. Right. Uh, so be aware. It used to be twelve thousand as a standard deduction. Now it's twenty four thousand. Mm -hmm. So if you had earned fifty last year, uh, the you know the previous year, 
you would have a standard deduction of 12,000, which would mean you're paying taxes on 38,000. So right. Plus 26. you're paying more. You're paying right. up to 15% right. from that, Plus for the, the tax. from the 9,000 to 38,000. Right. So both of these are usually, these are huge benefits for the average taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for Ashley and I, it's going to be right in this weird zone where it's kind of not perfect for us. But in general, that's really beneficial to everyone. Yeah. Um, personal exemptions were eliminated. Uh, so this is another thing that used to happen in 2017 and before. Uh, it was similar to the standard deduction, but it was based on individual persons in your household. Your household, right. And so Ashley could take a personal exemption of 4000 and I could take a personal exemption of 4000 And so when you added that up, if, if it was 12000 for the standard deduction, and then four thousand for her, four thousand for me. We could deduct our if we if we went through and did this process, we could take twenty thousand dollars off of our top income line. Right. Well, now we can take twenty four thousand off right. uh, instead of twenty, and so that's important to realize. Unless, of course, and we're not going to get too deep into this, but, right? But the itemized deductions now are have changed as well because yes. you're limited on how much you can claim as far as your mortgage interest there's a limit on that yeah. and there's some other things that fall into there but i think by and large it helps the single and the married couples who don't have a lot of assets don't make uh, uh high high incomes because they're able to to get that standard deduction that is higher than what they had almost double what they used to have right. when before they didn't have the itemized deduction to get them to a high uh, to that to that number to be able to deduct yep. that much off their income. So yep. I think it's going to help that segment of society quite a bit. I think some people though actually will probably be a negative thing in some ways yeah. because th- their itemized deductions plus the personal exemption the personal exemption yep. when you added those together it was much more than 24,000. Yeah. So anyway, right. it, it really so, depends on the person right. or the household and the income and all that. But yeah. there's some good for some and not so good for others. Yeah, because we're talking about a standard deduction, but a lot of people will mm-hmm. itemize. Yeah. And Ashley and I itemize. So there's two different ways to do it. One, you just take the standard, oh, 12,000. Okay, this year, 24,000. Right. But if you itemize, you could take certain items and calculate that towards the overall number. And that would include our charitable giving and that would include our mortgage interest. uh, interest. And so there were, and then if you added in the personal exemptions, Mm -hmm. Ashley and I would exceed 24,000. Yes. Right. We would have two. And that's what I'm trying to say. And so, so in our situation, Leo, it would probably almost break out even, but if anything, we might be down just a little bit, which is kind of a bummer. Um, But it is, it is easier for most tax filers, yeah. which is pretty neat. I, I do yeah. love that the government made it easier for most tax filers and lower marginal tax rates for those people. Kind of yeah. a neat deal. Yeah, And for, for, all, for everybody. Well, actually. for everybody. Well, yeah, <laughs> so I guess say good. those people. For everyone. <laughs> that's for I everyone. mean, that's huge for everybody. Yeah. Every single person yeah. and has I think lower that's marginal maybe, tax rate. And maybe that's, I'm sure if I did the math, that would probably make the difference because right. I'm in a lower tax bracket, even though I don't get to take all of my exemptions as I did in the past. I just take the standard 24,000. But since my tax rate is lower, it probably kind of evens out. I, th- I think so. it will. And I'm going to do the math this year. I'm <laughs> going to find out. But I haven't done it yet. <laughs> so the fourth and final one is they expanded the child tax and dependent tax credit. Right. And the credit is where it's not just a deduction where they nope. lower the amount you earned. It's actually an amount they send you or mm-hmm. that they credit to your account. Right. So it, it has increased to $2,000 per qualifying child. Uh, so if you owed $2,000 in taxes, but you had a, a, one child, well, there's that $2,000 that's taken care of. Yeah. Um, and so it used to be 1000 and now it's 2000 That's a big deal. There's some other unique things in there, but mm-hmm. that's the big stuff. Uh, so it's just important. 
You can either take the standard deduction or itemize. And as you go through this process this year, it's going to be a little bit different than it has been in years past. Yep. I think it's great. I mean, I think the changes are obviously um, something that people are going to have to get used to. But really, I think it simplifies the whole process. Yes, and it, it really, actually was a good that's, move. That's good for everybody because the more complex they are, uh, what we talked about earlier, it makes it more difficult for people to take advantage of all these complex tax loopholes that they could have taken advantage of, yeah. but they didn't know about them, right. especially if they filed their own taxes. But now, since it's pretty basic, right? I mean, you take the standard deduction for most people. Um, you have those additional things. But I think it's much easier for people to have confidence that if yes. they do file themselves, and they just take the standard. It deduction. makes it way easier. Yeah, I mean, it's it somewhat took took the scary part out of it. Like, yeah. am I getting everything that I'm getting, or am I paying? Am I not forgetting anything? Right, because you don't have to thing. remember the personal exemption, and you don't have to figure out should I itemize or should I take the standard deduction. For a lot of people, well, it's going to be easy. And, and think of it this way: if you did do itemize, and let's say you had charitable contributions. Uh, cash co- gifts and those kind of things. Now, if you get audited, you have to pull all those receipts and you have to prove right, all of that. You have to have all the documentation. Now you just get twenty four thousand. You know, so you don't have yeah. to worry about that. Yeah. I mean, even if you gave to to charitable uh, uh, organizations, if unless you gave like tens of thousands of dollars, right? Whatever you gave is probably going to be under that twenty four thousand, right? Right. If you just go by the average American uh, household that that files their taxes, how much they give, it's way under that. Yeah. The gifts, uh, average annual gift is way under that. Yeah. So for most people, it'll be, it's a good thing. This is this is overall this this new tax uh, law is very good for pretty much everyone mm-hmm. in America. Well, um, lower taxes are always good. Yes, and so it really is. Uh, now this goes into a bigger question of. Uh, taxing versus big government versus small government mm. versus uh, lower needing to lower spending if you're going to lower taxes. We're not into that show today. We're just into talking about these taxes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, so just to close this out, uh, going back to filing your taxes, it can be intimidating, but our encouragement to you is look at your situation. If you need to hire a professional, if you believe that that your situation is complex enough and you talked about the pros and cons of doing it, then just hire a person that uh, is qualified, somebody that is going to serve you well. And on our notes, we're going to add some additional things. One of them is the three must-dos of a tax professional. Yes. Take a look at those so that you can choose the tax profession that's going to serve you best. And then last, uh, if you do choose to do your own, look for the options to file free. There's no reason today, I believe, to pay unless you have a very complex situation. Then you should be able to do it online and do it for free. And last, uh, we do have some ways to reduce your taxes, so check yes. that out on our show notes. Yeah, so this is really good. You know, if you guys are enjoying the show, please share it with a friend. Literally, just go talk to somebody. I've talked to several people actually in the past two weeks that have shared the podcast with a friend verbally, face to face, and said, "Hey, have you checked this out? Have you heard of this?" And they've been able to introduce the podcast to others. Uh, so share it with a friend personally. Mm-hmm. Go on and just share it through social media and copy. You know, tag Leo or I on there. So yes, I'm please. David Thompson on Facebook. Leo is Leo Sabo. We're yep. both on LinkedIn. Yep. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, uh, so look for us. You know, We would love to build a relationship. We'd love to connect with you there. But then share it. We'd love for you to really encourage other people to get money right mm-hmm. and help them grow in their financial journey. Uh, you can definitely subscribe. I have, I highly recommend you do that yes, right please. now. Please subscribe. <laughs> and then, you know, go to leosabo.com. There's so much great content and resources on there from the blogs that Leo's written to uh, easy access to, access to every show that we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And 
all the show notes. Yes. Uh, there's some great financial tools on there. I also recommend that you go to stewardshippastors.com. Uh, if you attend a local church, recommend that your pastor check out the website and you help them get connected. There are free tools to build a stewardship ministry. Uh, there's a link to the book that's coming out later on this year, Jesus on Money, which covers everything that Jesus said about money. I literally highlighted the whole New Testament and everything that Jesus said in the Gospels and several other places that he spoke in the New Testament, talking about money and our possessions and stewardship. So that's going to be a really cool resource. So don't forget to check out those two websites. And then we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we we can can keep keep getting money money right. be scary to be facing the IRS. Not everybody wants to do that. So if you don't want anything to do with that, hire a professional, but make sure that they will represent you. Make sure they're not just doing your taxes, but they're doing your taxes. And if anything comes up, they're going to be the ones that are actually going to go to the IRS, file the paperwork for you and do everything.